Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways. And I don't like to lose it anyway. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of 704 Forecast. This is Wesley here with Matt and Corey. Uh, this week, we are going to dive into free agency. Uh, who signed where around the league? We're going to talk uh, more specifically about the Panthers signings, uh, talk about who the Panthers lost this year, and the guys that signed elsewhere. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Deshaun situation uh, to wrap up the show and what all is going on there. So going to throw it over to Corey to start us off with free agency. Yeah, the big domino that fell um, that I was waiting on the entire free agency. I think a lot of Panthers fans were waiting with bated breath to see where he signed was Curtis Samuel. Uh, he signs with Washington for a three-year, uh, 30-something million dollar deal. Can't say I hate it, but you know I'm happy for Curtis that he got paid. Uh, it wasn't going to be here. I wish it had been somewhere else. Uh, I'm not a fan of the way that coaching staff used him. I understand. You know, you want to get, you want to make your money while you can. You want to get paid, but the staff shown that you, they don't really know how to use you. So I'm not really understanding what, what Curtis is really thinking. He does reunite with his college roommate Terry McLaurin. It's a lot of speed on the outside. So I just hope that Curtis gets used well. I wish nothing but the best for him. He was one of my favorite players while he was here. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that was one piece that uh, I wish we could have brought back and re-signed. Yeah, and I think yeah, I don't I don't hate the Curtis thing. I think that money that they that Curtis got was was probably money we were earmarking at the time for the possible Deshaun situation. I think any team that's in in on that, they're they're setting aside that that 10, 10 million this year. And that's I mean that's pretty much with three thirty four, that's pretty much what what Curtis got because we you don't know what's going on there. Um I think the McLaurin connection is the key there. Personally, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the coaching staff mattered. I think. Uh, I think you're seeing it in the NBA, and and you you'll probably start seeing it more in the NFL. People want to go play with their friends, and so yeah. I think. I think one of them posted like, "Hey, we 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 talked about this freshman year in the dorms." Yeah. So I, I I think friend friendship connections are are going to start playing an even bigger factor, like they do in the NBA. Um. So that that is um. Old Fitz Magic. <laughs> I mean, they've they've got if Fitz Magic can pull another rabbit out of the hat this year, um, they've got two really good receivers. Uh, I don't I don't trust that coaching staff, like you said, to do the right thing with either one of them. Um, but we'll see what happens. Some other receivers that signed elsewhere. A couple we talked about: Corey Davis, 
337 with the Jets. Um, one one I didn't re- really care for in free agency, uh, Aguilar, 222 with New England. Um, bricks for hands, but <laughs> uh, I got, Cam's got visions of Ted Ginn dancing in his head. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Will Fuller, uh, one year, 10 million to the Dolphins. Juju took a hometown discount to go back to Pitt, one year, 8 million. And AJ Green signing one year, six in, in uh, Arizona. So Arizona's shaping up to be pretty, pretty good this year, I think. Yeah, they got, you know, the AARP receiving core with <laughs> AJ Green. Well, well they, um, I, the signing of AJ pretty much means Fitz is probably going to walk from what I saw um, or retire. So it's, it's hopping, hopping AJ Green. Yeah, that should be should be solid. I, I'm anxious to see what AJ Green still has. You know, he was one of my favorite non-Panthers for a while. I'm anxious to see what he can do still out of that system of Cincy, where they just showed really no intention of wanting to use him last year. But at least our boy Cam's got some weapons. Finally, it's like been both tight ends we talked about end up going to New England. After Janu went to New England, I was almost certain that we were going to snag Henry. I just I thought that was I thought it was shaping up for that, and I, I think there was even some noise around the league that we were in on him. I'm, I'm not 100 percent certain, but I think I saw some people talking about that. Um, and then you see them go and sign him again, and go and sign another tight end. I'm just like, that go. Good for Cam. Somebody they're, they're finally getting weapons around him, even if one of them is Aguilar. <laughs> but I, I, Kendrick Bourne, I mean, Bill's overpaying, but at least they're focusing on that side of the ball. I mean, you look at his receiver, his, his receivers and tight ends last year. First of all, they were last in tight end production last year. So now they're going to. They're, they've got a chance to go worse to first um, with the two. Obviously, you, you've got to contend with the Kelseys and such, but th- that's that's one person. If they're, if they're going to be running 12 personnel out there all the time, um, there's a chance to be the best tight end production team in the league there. Um, and you, then you – know, You look back to when McDaniels had Gronk and, you know, Aaron Hernandez, kind of – offense they they had I mean it was it was spectacular and you you pair that with the way Cam looked you know and when we had Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson at the same time so I can definitely see the vision um and I really hope for you know some some fans might get mad but uh I like it when Cam proves doubters wrong so that's why I've got my MVP shirt on today I, I despise Bill, but if, if somebody – Bill's done a good thing. I mean, you know, just, go ahead, Wes. Uh, all right. I despise Bill, but if somebody's going to get a ring and it's not us, I want it to be Cam. Absolutely. 1,000%. But I was, we're uh, actually seeing a, a vision, I guess, with a vision they have for this upcoming year. You know, you got Cam with the two safety valves here with Janu and, and Hunter, and then he's got his speed guy in Aguilar. Um, so it's, it's going to help him out. It's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, you know, the whole throwing behind receivers this year that you saw the Nikhil Henry, all, all that um, you'll be, he's in a better situation this year to actually be productive in the passing game. I know COVID kind of put him back a little bit. And then, then you had the whole, uh, he just 
kind of looked rough down the stretch. They kind of designed the ball to run the, I mean, to run the ball more around him. Um, so you look back at, at what they've done this offseason, uh, sure enough, the offensive line, giving him some safety routes to throw as far as Henry and Smith go, can still stretch the field with even Edelman if he had to, but Aguilar mainly. And then, like Corey mentioned, bringing in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, New England's going to be a lot better this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Buffalo a run for the division. Uh, they got – it's them and Miami pretty much. And Miami did a good job signing Will Fuller that contract. It's only one year, $10 million, but $9 million of that is a signing bonus. And so they grab another receiver in the draft. And Tua's got a good situation around at that point. I mean, That's you know, they're probably rolling with uh, – who's their running back? Ahmed? I know I'm probably forgetting somebody off the top of my head, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they grab a grab a running back in the draft. I thought they would end up signing Aaron Jones, but that didn't end up happening. He ended up going back to Green Bay. But I think the AFC East will be pretty interesting this year. Cam being in a good situation, interested to see what he's actually you know, what he can do with a full offseason and with this talent group around him. You know, can't doubt Bill, you know, last year didn't go as planned, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of things that goes on a lot of people forget and that goes unmentioned is uh you know they'll get Dante Hightower back this year too. So the defensive side of the ball is gonna be a lot better. I don't think people realize they had they had nine opt-outs last year. Nine opt-outs for COVID reasons. So that's gonna be a a decently different looking team up yep. there in New England. And they brought Van Noy back too. a tough division. It went from New England owning it for what 16 straight years to now you got the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, the Jets are the Jets, but we'll see what they can do with all that cap space and Robert Sala. New England does come back to Charlotte this year. So Cam, Cam back at the bank. See how that goes. <laughs> I, I, I might have to, I might have to show up. Part two. I might have to show up for that one in my, my Cam Panthers jersey. Yeah, I was I was sitting there debating because uh, you, you, people – you can get over it. Don't tell me how to fan. I do have a Cam Newton Patriots jersey. I would never wear that to the stadium, but I would show up in my Cam Newton Panthers jersey. I think that's a good, a good little combination there. All right. So we were talking about John and Hunter Henry going to New England, some other tight ends that signed around the league. Uh, Kyle Rudolph to the Giants, three, two years, 12 million. Gronk back to Tampa Bay, one year, eight. Uh, Cook back or Cook going to the Chargers one year six million. That's somebody we talked about. It's a good fit for the Panthers. Um, Gerald Everett to Seattle one year six, and a guy that I thought was gonna we were gonna be in on uh, Jacob Hollister one year one point one million to Buffalo. So that that deal is is a steal in my opinion. I think Hollister um, was in an offense that didn't really utilize the tight end, tight end very well. Um, I, I thought he was somebody we would end up taking a chance on, but, uh, nonetheless, we'll talk about what we did at tight end in a little bit. Um, some other positions around the league, uh, running back, Chris Carson back to Seattle, two years, 14, Kenyon Drake to the Raiders, two years, 11, Jamal Williams, two years, 6 million to Detroit. So any, any thoughts on, on some of those moves guys? I don't know what the vision in uh, uh, LA is, I mean, sorry, uh, in Las Vegas. Is. Uh, Vegas. You had the, you had like the top, one of the top three best offensive lines in the NFL. They're all gone pretty much now. And then you go out and sign a backup running back. Uh, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know what John Gruden and I don't know what they're doing. Spider two Y banana. Yeah. Oh, spider two Y banana. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Gruden gonna run the ball fifty times a game, whatever. I mean, but I don't understand paying. Kenyon Drake, they take carries away from Josh Jacobs, who you have on a rookie contract. I mean, sure, go two running back or go two running back approach. It doesn't really make any much sense. I do like the the Williams to Detroit move, yeah. even with DeAndre Swift. I mean, Williams outperforms. I mean, I would like to see him get a feature role, obviously. Uh, I thought that him and Aaron Jones both could be starters, but eh, what does Detroit really have going for him right now? I mean, they're spending money, but. Yeah, it's going to be a mess for a couple of years. They're losing all their offensive weapons outside of Swift. Uh, they just shot and signed Brashad Perryman. But, um, that's not going to really do anything at a decent year last year. Um, Dan Campbell. Anybody else that we just mentioned that I forgot? Just the tight ends and uh, Carson back to Seattle. Yeah, the Carson thing I expected, I guess. His market was kind of slow. Maybe he didn't even really have much, but Seattle took care of him in the end. We ended up signing Dan Arnold to 2 6. I don't, I don't hate Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is not going to blow anybody away with the speed. I mean, he's a decent pass catcher. He was fine in Arizona. Um, not, never really was featured or anything. Hoster, it seemed like the Hoster, Luke Wilson. I remember Seattle games where it, you know, one of those two would end up putting up like 60 and a touchdown on this seemed like pretty regularly. Uh, Alistair, I wouldn't mind it. Pretty good deal there in Buffalo. I mean, one point, I mean, one year, 1.12, it's a steal. I'd take it, stop, stop gap for a year. Maybe now people will stop thinking we're taking Kyle Pitts in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, you you got to address quarterback first and, and that's what, that's what we'll be in the top 10. Um, moving on to the line. Uh, offensive Trent Williams, 6'138 back in San Fran. That is massive. He deserves every bit of that contract. I watched some, some of his clips from this year, and he's just destroying people. Yeah, but great, man. They don't they don't have they don't have the team around him to, to even care about paying the left tackle 140 million. It's just that Garoppolo is just not it. No, but you got to protect him, and he, if he didn't pay him that money, he was going somewhere else. So yeah. they'll figure out what to do at quarterback. I think with you know Shanahan's gonna, he's not gonna sit on his laurels with with Garoppolo. I I, I don't think they're done. I, I I could see them realizing we've got the defense in place, the offense is what it is, and it's always gonna have a chance with Shanahan. So I could they're they're a team that I could definitely see finding a way to trade up for one of these rookie quarterbacks. Definitely, definitely a move that I could see Lynch and, and Shanahan finagling their way into because they they are. I mean, they're a quarterback away from from being a legit Super Bowl contender. So. I saw I saw a mock yesterday, and you're not gonna like who it has us taking. It has us trading up to two, taking uh, Wilson, and then San Fran trading up to seven and grabbing Lance. That's like my worst nightmare. Why would we do that? I, I don't know. Um, if we're trading up, it's Fields, in my opinion. And if we stay put, you, you hope Lance falls to us. But I'm, I'm also at the point of if Lance is your guy, trade up and get him too. Um, you have to. Yeah. I, I, you have to. So I, I think you pick one and you pick the spot that you need to get to. I think with Fields, you, you need to get to three. Um, because I think if you don't get to three, someone else is going to get to three and take him. I think three is 
Fields is gone by three. Um, and uh, I think Lance, you probably need to get up to about five. That is that is one thing I did. I definitely, since we're since we're on this subject, I did want to talk about um, the Matt Ryan restructuring, pushing his money out three more years. I I personally believe that is an indication that the Atlanta Falcons are not going to draft a quarterback. Um, that's a lot of money to spread out on an aging Matt Ryan. If if you were going to go after one of those top quarterbacks, I think they do have a lot of other holes. I could see. If they had cut Matt Ryan or tried to trade him, then that's one thing. But to, to spread the money out like they did, now you're not going to bring in a rookie quarterback to sit behind him when you have that high of a pick. So I believe four is something that we don't have to worry about as a quarterback, and I think we have to worry more about them trying to trade back with somebody else who wants a quarterback. So three is the magic number, in my opinion. Miami's the team that we need to be blowing up every single day like what's it going to take what's it going to take and I hope Fitter is doing that because if Justin Fields falls past two or like you said if Lance is the guy and he's deemed worthy I feel like you have to pull that trigger get up to three snag your guy and let's call it a day um, be early night so I really feel like with the way the pro days have been with the way that the teams are out there that, that need a quarterback. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to make that move because of that Washington win. I hate to go back to that again, but that that's the position that we're in. If we want a quarterback at this point, and the way it's shaping up, I mean, I think Fitters had a nice little week. So the way it's shaping up, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pull that trigger, get up there, get your guy, whoever it may be. And I'll trust I'll trust him. I I, I really will. If if it even if it is Wilson. You know, I will I will trust their 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 scouting process and I will I'll give them the benefit of the doubt if they're gonna make that that big of a jump. I'm I'm gonna trust the process and and, and see who it is, get behind whoever it is, but I hope it's Lance or Fields. So you're gonna trust the people that, that demanded Teddy B when they walk <laughs> in the door. I I trust Fitter. As a, as the Matt, that was the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, that, that was Rule's guy. He, he he wanted him coming in the door. That, um, that situation's so muddled. Just getting get, to get like, told, yeah. So I, that that was what came out this week because I was never sure was it Marty's guy, was it was it Rule's guy, like who who made that call, and then that comes out that that Matt Rule demanded it, and I'm like, really? But I think you have the, this interesting dynamic going on, and I, I mean, we'll never know because we're not in those rooms, but. I would love to see the dynamic between Tepper, Rule, and Fitterer. I, I just see Fitterer as like this like calming presence who's like rolling his eyes between the two loud mouths in the middle. So, and and they say it's Rule's guy, but but how much of an influence do you think Brady had on that with the the connection there? I had to have been. Well, the story was when it came out. What that uh, somebody told Rule, if you ever get an info coaching job, go get Teddy Bridgewater. And it's kind of grown from there. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to know all the details about it because you saw how off page they were last offseason and how they can't even get on the same page this offseason as far as, you know, from a PR standpoint. But I think Marty was fine going with Cam. Teddy became available. Rule said, this is my guy. Tepper tried to take a back seat and was like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to stay out of this. You know, y'all make the decisions and then allowed Matt and – or allowed Herney and uh, Matt to make the decisions and go and get Teddy. I, I think that's what it was. Well, who's ever, whoever's fault it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, right. 
I, I like that Tepper is kind of taking charge now. Tepper is not some some owner who doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he's been in football for long enough. So I like that he's kind of not, no longer taking a backseat. Um, and I, 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 I like – I want to see how that shapes out. Um, back to the rest of the O-line, uh, Tooney 580 in Kansas City. Lindsley 562 for the Chargers. Um, those are the, the, the main ones. There was some other smaller deals, but those are, those are the big ones. Um, and then for D-line, Hendrickson 460 to Cincinnati. Lawson 345 to the Jets. Aquara 337 to Detroit. Watt 228 in Arizona. And Gaku 226 to the Raiders. Any any thoughts on the, the the offensive defensive line rest of the moves? Uh, I like what we did. So I, I like that. I was going to ask you guys what you guys thought we did on the how we did on defense, but I like the the moves that we made on defense. Uh, we added speed, we added versatility. Phil Snow already runs a pretty versatile defense you know, with all the <clears throat> different schemes he shows. So I like the pieces that we had. You know, the Hassan Reddick signing we mentioned last week uh, before that's somebody that we would have interest in and it ended up being a pretty good deal. I think we got him below the spot rack projection. So I'm fine with that one-year deal. He should be pretty motivated to get paid next offseason, so it works out for us. You can put him on the edge opposite of Brian Burns and bring YGM in, in situations. But uh, who was the other? Cox that we signed? Yeah, Morgan Cox. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't have the – so, yeah, we got yeah, from, from mean, Rams. Corey, you uh you have a, a Rams friend. Yeah, I have a I have a friend who I mean he's a, like a diehard, diehard Rams fan. <laughs> it's Fox, by the way. Morgan Fox. Yeah, Morgan Fox, yeah. And we talked to we talked to he's just like us about the Rams. You know, he, he pays for Sunday ticket to to watch every Rams game. I mean, he's watched every snap and he didn't like the money. Um he thought he got a little bit overpaid. Um, but he says, you know, he's gonna He's going to come in and he's going to give 100 percent, you know, effort at, at all times. One thing I did notice, you know, he only played um, in 60 percent of snaps and, and he had six sacks in a season. That that's that's a motor. That 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 means when he is getting on the field and he was on the field, he was extremely productive. So um, he had that sack on Russell Wilson to to seal the deal in the playoffs. And, and about the money, it's it's two eight. But uh, only two and a half is on the cap this year, and only one and a half guaranteed on the cap next year. So it's not it's not bad. Um, the and the the one and a half on the cap next year is if we cut him. Yeah. So it's essentially a one year four million deal with only two and a half on the cap if if it doesn't go well. So I'm bottom line is I don't think you can ever have enough rotational bodies on the defensive line. Yeah, uh, it doesn't with that premise, our, our other move on the defensive line doesn't make a whole lot of sense getting rid of Kerr. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit. Um, personally, I, I didn't see that one. Uh, Kerr's market value after being cut on the deal he was on is four, $4 million, and he was not getting paid that here. So I, I, don't, I don't understand it, especially since we now have to turn around and find another defensive tackle. I, I think that's still a spot of need for us. Um, so I don't understand why you cut someone who had pretty decent production last year. Um, I mean, like, especially for his money. It, it seems like he cut him simply because he was 31 years old. It's like you're just so focused on getting young 
that if you're over 30, let's just cut you. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Like, like you said, the production was there. He was solid when he came in. He was very productive. He got pressures, a couple sacks. I don't, I don't understand what they were doing. Uh, you're just creating another hole to fill when the money was fine, fine for what he was. And uh, it's a mystery to me. I don't get it. But again, something that we'll never know is if any of these moves were made with Deshaun in mind. What's one point? One point, whatever million going to do when we're still sitting at 28 right now? I don't, um, I, I mean, I understand not going and paying a, a, a big receiver or, or, um, going all in at tight end, whatever, because you're saving a possible 10, 12 million for Deshaun this year. Um, and you don't know what you're going to have to take on from the Texans in return money wise or if you can send any over. So I understand it. Um, but it just one one point whatever million you can you can restructure somebody's deal to come up with that instead of creating a hole. Um, and also the locker room fit seemed to be there. Everybody seemed to right. Everybody seemed to really like him, uh, and, and I, so it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Nope, and it won't probably. <laughs> Any thoughts, Matt? Uh, yeah, unless I, I didn't like to see Kirk go. You know, he's a pretty good locker room presence. So I enjoyed his videos that the team did with him on Instagram. Uh, he seemed like a, a likable guy. Seemed like somebody who fit in pretty well. Unless we're clearing the money to use it potentially in the draft or needing that for a draft pick, I don't know why we needed the extra $1 million, especially with the cap that we have. Um, you know, Maybe things will shake out. We'll see what, what happens. But uh, he was a decent body. He, he performed well when he was in the game. It's not like... You had somebody who wasn't being productive. I liked his production on the field, but I don't understand why we need the money. I'm not going to argue with it. It's not a, a big deal to me, but would have liked to seen a move happen with that additional salary. I don't think we cut him just to sign somebody. So I'm kind of clueless on the exact reason behind it, but something we can feel. No worries. All right, moving on. Uh, some linebacker signings around the league. Bud Dupree, 582 in Tennessee. Pretty pretty big oh, deal. Um, Shaq back in Tampa Bay, 468. Kind of we hinted at that at, at that happening when, when Brady restructured last week. We pretty much said that, that that had to be for opening up some money for Shaq. I still think they've got a little bit of finagling to do to get under the cap in Tampa. Um, they nope, they are just under they've gotten under they're three million under now so tampa is under let's see what what our friends in new orleans are doing these days they are it doesn't matter we know the salary (laughs) cap doesn't exist down there anyways they are 1.5 million over right as of right now um and they're still signing people there's two types of teams there's teams who like who do what they're supposed to do and follow the salary cap rules. And then there's teams like the saints that just finagle and manipulate it. And I don't understand, you know, they're going to do it. I don't understand why we're not doing it. So there's seven teams over right now. Giants and, and our old friend Gettleman are a hundred thousand over Falcons are 300,000 over saints. 1.5 Eagles, 5 million Rams, 5 million and the bears 10 million. So that's why they're cutting fuller. That's that. That's the number to get them under the cap is Fuller's money, pretty much. They're really starting to hate 
old Dave up there in New York. It, it don't take long. No. <laughs> so, he paid what? Did Leonard Williams, did they franchise tag him again? They franchised him, but then he, they got the long-term deal done. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the details, but I think it was like around 80-some million they ended up agreeing on. <laughs> and the Jets basically gave him away? Well, he, they didn't. They got compensation in return. But I know that that trade got criticized because why are you trading for – I mean, your team that's not competing, you're going to trade for a guy who's on his last year of the deal, and then you franchise him to pay him $15, $16 million, and then you end up paying – I don't know. I don't know what the Giants are doing. I don't think uh, Gettleman knows. It's a mess. As long as he gets his hog mollies, he's happy. And, and they're 100 over, and they're hosting Galladay. Yeah, and they, they'll, they'll figure yeah. something out. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand. They're, Gettleman's going to – mess around and ruin another promising quarterback's career, but uh, I digress. Danny Dimes. Because, I mean, I do I do think Daniel Jones could be a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the league with the right system. He's, he's good. Um, interesting note, though, that just looking, we're the only team in the division with cap left. Again, we said New Orleans, just the cap doesn't matter to New Orleans, but Seemingly, the rest of the league, the rest of the division has their has their team set. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how how different we look in a few weeks, a month or two, uh, with that note and versus versus the uh, the rest of the teams in the division. Who wins the QB battle in New Orleans, Tamus or Jameis? Uh, <laughs> it, it should be Jameis. I mean, I, I genuinely think. Jameis gets a bad rap, I think. Absolutely. I mean, he's better than Teddy. Oh, 100%. I would have, I would have, I would have gave Jameis the money that Teddy got last year and been fine. Completely fine with it. At least it would be entertaining to watch. And this he is might, a much better quarterback than Taysom. Yeah, yeah. Now, but, you know, they, they, they structured the, the Taysom deal just so they could be they could get out from underneath it at any point in time. I mean, you pay the guy 140, 140 million. Jameis is going to win the job. You should go with Jameis. But, dude, that just that makes no sense. The, Taysom Hill should not be the starting quarterback down there. That's in a, in a realistic world, a realistic offense. They went with him last year, so they didn't have to pay Jameis extra incentives on his contract if he hit performance bonuses. That's the whole reason they started Taysom in many ways, just so they could be cheap. But so they got Jameis now. They they chose not to drive his market up in the last three or four games. He could have got a deal like the Teddy. The Teddy, he could have got, you know, a five-year, $60 million deal. But he got one twelve, I think. Mm-hmm. So smart decision on their part. But Jameis should be their guy. They should cut Taysom in this whole thing. He's, what, 32, and he's getting paid more than – well, before this deal, he had more guaranteed money than, uh, I think, only – 10 quarterbacks in the league didn't have more guaranteed money than him. That's insane. I, I think this is the last year of the Taysom experiment. I think there will be some, some more of that trickery, some more of that Sean Payton magic, whatever you want to call it. I don't really call it magic. Um, I think he'll play some tight end. He'll play some quarterback. And then they'll when their cap is a disaster again next year, he's gone. It just – Alvin's probably sitting there like, "What is, what's going on, guys?" <laughs> well, Alvin, Al, it's funny. Alvin tweeted 
the uh, when a couple like a month ago he was out enjoying his offseason. He said, "If you tweet anything about football or the Saints to me, I'm blocking you." <laughs> I, I, I know he's a Saint, and I really hate the Saints, but I do love Alvin Kamara, and I wish he was on another team. <laughs> I, I, I like him too. He's 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 a fun guy to watch. Just his personality is great, but he's a fun guy to watch play. Absolutely. Um, the one guy who should be mad about Jameis potentially starting should be Michael Thomas because he's going to have to run something different than five-yard out routes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jameis got his LASIK surgery. He can see the scoreboard now. So, I mean, who knows? Is there a more overrated player? If you player don't think Jameis is throwing some 50-yard bombs out there and not care, he's going full yellow. Jameis is going to launch those things up. Hey, this is, this is LASIK Jameis, crab leg Jameis, going to eat some W's. Is there a more overrated player in the league than than Mike Thomas? It'd be tough to find mm. one in my opinion. He literally is just like like Matt said. He, he Mister Four Yards a Catch. Four yards. A catch. He'll he'll get you twenty catches yep. in a game, but it's twenty catches for eighty yards. Yep. It. Uh, He's got that a dot of five to seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Couple other notable linebackers: Judon to New England 454, Bowser to Baltimore 422, Van Noy back to New England 212. So that New England defense is probably going to be back to their yeah. back to their really good levels. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me if if they take that division away from the Bills if they take it back. Um, the Bills are they're good, Carolina North, um, but. I, they're not that they're not as they're not going to dominate that division like they did last year. Um, yeah. Bills had a whole offseason of having everybody kiss the feet of Tom Brady <laughs> in spite of him. Boy, I would <laughs> I would hate to be on the other side of that ball. And then uh, moving on to corner, William Jackson, 340 with Washington, Shaq Barrett, 340 to Jacksonville. That one. Kind of surprised me a little bit more than I thought he was going to get. He, I, re, I really wanted him in Carolina, um, but good for him getting paid. Darby, 330 to Denver. Uh, Hilton, 424 to Cincinnati. And Peterson, 110 to Minnesota. Um, I would not have been mad at 110 to Peterson either as a stopgap. No, absolutely not. And if anything, he's – a presence that Dante should at least respect to, right. learn, to learn from for a year. So I would have liked that, but Melvin. <laughs> I, I I don't think we're done. In this. I mean, I, we're not, we're done. In this, we're not done in the secondary. There's something else has to happen. Um, right. I, I've, I've seen it hinted enough times by the right people to think that we're going to be in on Fuller with this cut. Right. Um, yeah. Person doesn't, in my opinion, Joe Person doesn't put somebody as the background of the of his article, the main background image of his article, if it's not like something that's being tossed around. Uh, I think Joe, and I think Matt's talked about it twenty times. Joe is the type that if it's not going to happen, he'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so, thoughts on thoughts on Fuller in the secondary for maybe a one year prove it deal before he gets paid paid. Right. Um, if, if you if you're gonna give somebody a one year deal. At that spot, it's it's fuller. The only reason he's coming available is because of a salary cap situation in Chicago. He's he's too good 
to, to, to really be available, honestly. I just hate that I would love to be able to, to, to sign him to maybe a three-year deal and push the money out because I do think he's that, he's that good. And I would want him here when we're, we're more prepared to, to go for it and, and make a playoff run. But I would love to have Kyle Fuller on the other side of Dante. That would be, that would be one side of the field. You really don't have to worry about 19 interceptions since 2015. So. And yeah, and I, I agree, Corey. When, when, when's the last time that we've had two legit corners being able to start? It's been a few years. I mean, we've always tried to fill the other side with some one-year scrub, some old veteran who's, who gets beat. You know, whatever the case is, uh, I would like it to you know, go out there one-year one year deal and see what happens. We clear the cap. I mean, one year is not going to matter because if we do land Deshaun, it's not going to mess up any anything number, numbers-wise. The only thing I will say is cornerback is still a very uh, in a very uh, plentiful position in free agency. I mean, there's probably 60 or 70 names still out there. Some big names, too. I mean, you're looking at Richard Sherman and some other guys. So if the Fuller thing doesn't work out, we find somebody a little bit cheaper. Uh, I think we're we're in a good position. I'm not going to be mad at it. I would like Kyle Fuller here. Uh, I think it's something we should go do. Uh, hopefully, that's, that's we're all on the same page. I mean, uh, I'm tired of seeing – one side of the field get torched. I mean, Troy Pry was a rookie last year. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not anything against him. You know, it takes time to adjust in the league, but you know, we can't have one side of the field being locked down and then just picking on another receiver and another side. So, yeah, just go sure it up. We'll go from there. I uh, like it. One year, pay him $10, 12000000 million, whatever. The, what was he guaranteed? What's his contract? He was, he was uh, guaranteed. For this upcoming year, what would it have been? None. So so give him give him a little bit of a uh, – give him 12 Make yeah. make – three or four of it sign-in bonus um, and call it a day. I think even more than, than the on-the-field stuff, it it give Dante a year to learn from him, man. Right. Give and and if they're not if they're not giving up on pride, give pride a year to sit and learn from him and 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 maybe spell spell Dante and him every once in a while, whatever. Um, and there's gonna be injuries in the secondary, so so also the, a chance for pride to step up there. It's just like on the defensive. It's just like on the defensive line. It's 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 bodies, you know. And Fuller's a little bit more than a body. He he's a number one, a true number one. So when you make him your true number one, you can bump Dante down to number two, and then you don't have to put so much pressure on a Troy Pride or on Cornelder or, or Dante. You don't have they don't have to to come in and 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 have to be the guy. So it's it would be a good situation where you could rotate. And I would, it would in significantly increase our defense day one. Uh, I really like the the NFC South is is. I really like what I'm seeing on that side of the ball. I, I think they have a clear vision, and it's it's really it's really coming together on that side of the ball, at least in free agency. The, the NFC South is the hardest position for a cornerback to play in the league. You know, what they're facing in and week in and week out. I mean, look at James Bradbury. He gets out of here and he goes has a, a Pro Bowl year in New York. And we weren't always happy with his performance here. So when you got to defend guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio, Ridley, um, Michael Thomas, you know, week in and week out, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. You can't just have a stopgap, a turnstile at the at the cornerback position. It's, it's ruthless, it's tough. Um, we, we need somebody in here. You can't throw a number two guy on a number one guy or we're just going to 
you know, get beat all day, you know, not with these all pro guys. So, uh, yeah, let's sure it up. What? So if, if it's not Fuller, what do you guys think about Adoree Jackson? That's another name that I've been, I've seen get thrown around um, in regards to us. Uh, that that's kind of not, that's not top tier, like, like Fuller and could be a, another one year prove it type of deal um, coming off getting cut. So thoughts like on him. It. I like it. He's in New York for a visit at the moment, I believe. Which New York jets or giants? I didn't giants. see that giants. Yeah, I would like it. I don't know if we're interested. Um, I would assume we have more money to pay him than the Giants do from, from what you told me about their cap situation. Uh, like, again, I mean, it's like you you talked about on the last podcast. It's by committee at this point. If we're not going to go after Kyle Fuller, it should be by committee. We signed Melvin this week, and it'd be another solid name to throw out there, another solid rotational piece. And you hope with Hassan Reddick and – Brian Burns and Etor Grossmontos that you you're going to get enough and generate enough pressure on that defensive line to where you you, you can you don't have to rely on your corners to to cover longer than you know, a couple seconds anyway. So um, get as many rotational guys as you possibly can and, and see what sticks. Yep, and and that's when you talked about the vision earlier. That's definitely what I saw with going out and getting Reddick is they they do not want to give anybody time. Uh, they they I, they know that the secondary is a weakness, um, but instead of really addressing that, because even if you go and pay a corner, I think pass rushers are a, a more sure thing. And and so if you are forcing your pass rush, if you're forcing your corners to have to to guard for five seconds downfield, that somebody's going to get open. So if you're giving, if you're if you're just going to go out there and just have an elite pass rush, it it, it helps your corners tremendously so and i saw i'm getting this off the cornerback situation but it's just something i want to talk about i saw a lot of people talking about one year wonder and hassan reddick and blah 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 number one i mentioned it when i was talking about the quarterback situation and, and rookie quarterbacks a couple couple episodes ago but you, you can't just look at a player's production and stat line and attribute him to being a bust you have to look at the situation how he's used, what he's doing. Before that staff last year, they had Hassan Reddick covering 20 yards down the field. He was playing out of position. Um, I listened to Brinson Buckner on WFNZ this week, and he was talking about, you know, we he was the defensive line coach in, in Arizona, and he was talking about, well, we actually let him do what he's designed to do, and that's rush the passer this year. And you saw what happened. He had 12.5 sacks. Now, five of them did come in one game. But still, 12 and a half sacks is, is nothing to sneeze at. And it's because they, they used him correctly. They let him rush the passer, put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer. Don't get so caught up in just looking at, you know, three-year stat lines. Look at an entire situation, how a player is used. Does the coaching staff, again, put him in the right situation to become successful? And our coaching staff sure as heck knows how to use him because they coached him in college. So they know what he's good at. And I really hope that we saw what Arizona did last year and use him in similar and don't have him covering wide receivers and tight ends 20 yards down the field. Let him and Brian Burns meet at the quarterback. Let him feast. So 
I think the person that benefits the most from the signing so far is Derek Brown. You got the speed coming off the edge with Hassan, uh, Etor, and now he has a legitimate pass rusher next to him. Um, and then he's got Burns on the other side. Yeah, I, I think uh, you'll see uh, an uptick in Derek Brown's stats this year. Uh, I would expect to see more stats, or excuse me, more sacks. Uh, but I think he's the big winner so far on that on the, the front four. I'm making the bold prediction also that Brian Burns has 15 plus sacks this year. I mean, you can't you can't pay him as much attention as you as you would want with with that line, especially right. if we add another piece to it, which I think we are. Um, I, I think that's probably the biggest hole right now is adding another piece to that that uh, another de- defensive tackle. Um, I think Derek Brown is going to be an elite elite player. Um, I really do, and and part of that is the cast around him, but I also think that. Um, I mean, he looked he, he he looked great last year. I, I really I really like Brown. Um, I think our defensive line is going to be back to the dominance that it was when KK was in in, in those years when KK was in his um, prime. I, I think we're looking at a similar a similar skill level this year uh, at, at defensive line. So really really happy with that. Um, so. Moving on from around the league, um, we can talk about the Panthers specifically a little bit more um, as a whole in free agency. As of right now, SpotRack has us at $28.7 million, uh, but that is without uh, Rashawn Melvin's deal and without uh, Perryman's deal. Neither one of those have been disclosed yet. Uh, Joe Person speculated that Melvin's deal would be a vet men, so you're going to see minimal impact to the cap there, but Perryman... I would, we would expect somewhere closer to five or six towards the cap this year. So that, that probably puts us at 22, 23 left. Um, so in free agency, we added two offensive linemen, uh, Elfline, a guard, and Irving, a uh, guard-tackle hybrid. He's played tackle for the last two years. What do you guys think about the offensive line moves? If I'm being honest – they're the only two moves I really didn't like. And I'm I'm just nitpicking, honestly. Cam Irving is objectively terrible. But, again, he does play – he's played in all five positions. He hasn't had a lot of stability, but he hasn't earned a lot of stability in his stops with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. He only started five games for the Cowboys. I really – see a situation where he's our day one starting left tackle. And I'm not thrilled about that at all. We were talking earlier, if you move him inside to guard, I like it a little bit better. Um, And then the F line again, not very good. And they're both often injured. So we'll see. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, and say I love it. I'm not going to praise praise it if I don't like it. But it's depth, it's experience, it's rotational pieces, and that's a that's a tough position to play. And it's it's a, you get really banged up. And we saw last year how many different offensive line combinations we had. So it's one of those positions again. You can never have too many too many depth guys. So we'll see what the staff can do with them. We'll see if 
they can do what other staffs couldn't and, and make something out of it. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I love it. I'm uh, more intrigued with Irving than I am with Belfon. I think if you move Irving inside, uh, yeah, I, I like the fit more than I would on the outside. Hey, I don't think we signed him to be the left tackle. And like you said, Corey, this is just bringing bodies into Pete and Camp. I know the numbers are a little bit higher than that, but Irving probably has a shot at starting uh, over Elfline. So as long as Irving's not on the outside, I'm happy with it. Put him on the inside, try to sure up that part of the line. We got Daly, um, you know, who else can, can slide into guard? Um, and then left tackle, Trent Scott, Greg Little. We talked about that, obviously. We went over that a few episodes ago. But as long as they're focusing on playing them inside, playing them at guard only, I'm fine with it. I don't I don't love it. They're, but we talked about this tackle and, and O-line was going to be a mess in free agency anyways, not somewhere that we were going to spend a ton of money and, and really bring somebody in. Obviously, if that was the case, then we all have agreed that we want it Thune. But I'm, I'm fine with it. Just – Keep building, build to the draft. If we don't end up making that trade, either way, with the picks we have, just just draft some O line guys. I mean, we gotta we gotta just bring bodies in here, and one of them's gonna stick. And try to try to find something. But I, I think ideally, I would like to see Dennis Daly getting the start in the spot. Yeah, he's shown potential there, and you put Irving uh, opposite of him, but roll with that, and we'll figure out left tackle. Hopefully, in the draft. Um, or maybe, you know, one of those little or, or Scott steps up. Uh, Wes, what do you think about it? Um, so I did see person say that right now they're slotting Irving into left tackle, um, at, at least from everything he's heard and seen. So um, I don't love him at left tackle, but I think right as of right now we have five guys um, that if you, if you went out there with, with the five, I think we're just as good or better than last year at on the O-line. Um, again, I think Irving would be much stronger if we slid him into guard. Uh, I do think that if we keep our second round pick, I think that addresses, I think we address left tackle there. However, whether that's move up and, and it may be, they, they take one of our later, uh, our, our plethora of later round picks and, and, and move up earlier in the second or even into the back end of the first, if, if there's a guy that they, they really want at left tackle, um, if, if we keep like like Matt said, if we keep all of our picks, I think it's quarterback, left tackle, one two, um, as far as picks go. Um, yeah, I just I just, I just I just hope they're not done. I, that, I hope that's not the solution. Yeah, I, I want to see more. I, after. I I do think that that uh, Elfine was more of a depth move uh, to go with Daly, Scott, etc. I, I, you always have to prepare for injuries. I think as of right now, Elfon probably slots into a starting role. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's the case come week one. Uh, we are, we have five starters right now. And if we had to roll with it, I'm semi-comfortable, especially with Brady's offense, the, the ability to get it out quick if we have to. So, especially with mobile trade Yeah, lane. yeah and, I think every any quarterback we draft, and and hell, even if it's Teddy, the, the quarterbacks are mobile that, that are going to be in the system. So um, very few times are we just dropping back and holding the ball for three, four, five seconds. Uh, we're moving the pocket. We're getting outside of the pocket. We're So 
I don't think you necessarily have to to have a Trent Williams on your left side there, but it probably should be better than than Irving. Uh, so that's my my take on the the line moves. I I don't think we're done there. Whether it's trade, whether it's draft, whether it's another depth signing. Um, again, I, we were never going to be in on the big money. So let's just throw some at the wall and see see who comes out. Charles' uh, favorite signing that we made this week. It's Reddick for me, it, and it's not really close. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan. Yeah, same. What'd you say? I'm a big fan of it, regardless of the money, because that's a giant hole along the defense that we've we've had. I mean, teams have been able to to bust us in the run game the past few seasons, and sure enough, that middle. I don't know if you watched some of the stuff that John Ellis posted up on Twitter this week. Dude flies around with his head on fire. I mean, he's he's a stud when he's healthy. You're talking about Reddick or Perriman? Perriman. Perriman. Okay. Denzel. Yep. Yeah. And and that that could be the steal of the offseason yeah. if if he stays healthy. Uh, it it Reddick is the sure thing um, that 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 makes our our D line better. That makes um, it makes Burns better. It makes Derek Brown better, like we talked about. Um, so Reddick is the one that was the no-brainer. But if Perryman stays healthy and and can can do what he does all season long, that that could easily become the best move of the off season because the money's likely not very big. No. And then some other pieces we talked about: Morgan Fox. I like the pass rush depth there um and then uh david moore what do you guys think about that one i don't think we've talked about him um that's that's essentially our curtis replacement uh unless we do something else yeah i hope i hope uh we got familiarity with with fitter there he's if there's one thing that he can do it's track the deep ball i mean he's done it against us (laughs) several times so um that that one, everybody, I'm sure every Panther fan remembers Corn Elder getting just lit up, <laughs> didn't even turn his head around. Um, and then against the Patriots last season, that was a filthy catch he made in the corner of the end zone. So I'm a fan of the David Moore signing. Again, it's the money. I mean, look at the money for it's only two year, $4.75 million contract. And he brings ability that. I think again, a different quarterback, not Teddy. I think again that Joe Brady wants more deep shots out of his quarterback. So it it all ties in together with why I'm kind of still waiting on the offensive line. Is I I think you do have an offensive coordinator that that, that wants to push the ball down the field. This is an obvious down the field signing because that's what David Moore does and that's what he's good at. Can you give whatever quarterback the time to, to push the ball downfield? So I like the more signing. It's good, good, solid piece. And he's our he's our you know wide receiver three. So we're four. <laughs> we we got him basically for free. The numbers are pretty cheap, right on that. 
Yeah, one one point um, six to I the mean, cap this yeah, year. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I like it. If he's not Curtis, but you know, let's replace it. I like him. I mean, he he was very productive in in Seattle. He was good for what three or four fifty yard touchdowns last year. I know Wesley sent out the stats this week, but uh, he's always good for the deep throw, and that's something Russell Wilson does: buys himself some time in the pocket, makes those BS throws, and not taking any way away anything away from him or David Moore. But uh, I I like it. I like the deep the deep threat. If anything, it puts more pressure on potentially Teddy if he is here to throw the deep ball. I just don't see him being a part of this offense next year with what it looks like we're wanting to do and, and what we know Brady wants to do. I put the odds of Teddy being our week one starter at less than 10%. They'll do something. I, I mean, I don't even think they would want the rookie they draft sitting behind him for a year. I really don't. I think, I think when, with the two, with the two or three that we're looking at, I think they're just going to throw him to the fire. I think most people think those three guys are, are ready. Um, uh, with David Moore, 30 or more yard touchdowns. He had five of those 10 to 19. He had four. So nine of his, uh, 13 touchdowns were 10 or more throws that were 10 or more yards downfield. So, and then when you look at that paired with Dan Arnold being the leading tight end in yards per catch at 14, uh, definitely the, the clear, directive that they want to get the ball down the field. You've got RA on the outside as well. DJ really is your only guy who's um, not somebody you classify as necessarily a deep, deep threat. DJ can do it all. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I'm no longer on team trade DJ now that, that Curtis is, is off the market. So we're, we're rolling with DJ and, and don't get me wrong. I love DJ. DJ's good. I just thought that DJ was a replaceable asset, whereas Curter, Curtis is Curtis is a harder type of player to find. Um, DJ DJ needs to get paid next year, so also that's another another thing to think about when you're trading him. So that that was where I was coming from on trade DJ. And Curtis is going to have a good year next year. At least they I mean, they signed Fitzpatrick to a one year deal, but at least he's somebody who will push the ball downfield. It's not Alex Mick. Smith back there on the remnants of one leg. So I think Curtis is actually going to be able to be featured next year and show what he can do. And him and McLaurin together is a ridiculously talented skill set uh, that both of them possess. Uh, so they'll be able to stretch the ball downfield, should have a, a few long touchdowns. But we talked about Curtis's numbers and what he does. But I hope he does well. Hopefully Scott Turner and Ron treat him better this time and, and figure out how to use him and actually push the ball down the field. But uh, we replaced him with with David Moore. I don't I don't mind that. Like I said, um, speed. I like speed. The guys that can catch the ball. We're not. He's not a project. Um, and DJ's here. You got to pay DJ, pay Robbie, keep those two together, um, put pieces around them. But I like it. I like, I like our offensive guys. I don't hate David Moore move. You know, Fuller didn't happen. Miami structured that contract extremely well on the one year, ten million dollar deal. I think nine million of that is a signing bonus. Fuller was our number one guy to replace Curtis, but David Moore is the the cheaper option. The you know, so I, I'm fine with it. Just yeah. want somebody else throwing in the ball. And I mean, depending on how, depending on the draft too. You know, I'm I'm fine drafting a rookie wide receiver. Always keeping that pipeline coming of of talented young guys. So 
Yeah, and, and Ducks, the curse is going. Omar Bayless comes curse. back next year. What was that? What do you say, man? I said Omar Bayless comes back next year. Oh yeah, don't forget. <laughs> All right, so um, I'll, I'll recap the the Panthers that have signed elsewhere as well. So we talked about Curtis to the to the football team, um, Man Hurts to Jacksonville. Um, man, that doesn't really hurt. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the group chat this week uh there's there's really no place for a blocking only tight end in this this nfl um you don't you don't need him he's and he's just another tackle so leave the money i mean it wasn't huge but i was like what do you see that yeah you I, don't, I don't i don't understand either anything more than vet men for him was 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 going to be too much I, for him, though, I mean, yeah get, go get paid he is clearly the elite blocking tight end of the nfl right now because there aren't any more <laughs> so go go get your money um can't fault him at all um i did not expect him to be back to be completely honest with you so that one is what it is weatherly and polarity both gone minnesota and miami respectively so we are in the market for a punter um so we'll have to do something there. I'll stop hating on Joseph Charlton. <laughs> his due. He played you're really You're driving the wagon on this thing. You're driving, yeah. you're driving the Charlton bus. Charles, Charlton, he's not it. <laughs> he's not it. Um, so I don't know what we're going to do there. Um, the fullback of, of our offense is gone. Um, I don't think we really used a fullback very often. But uh, Arma is with New Orleans. Fullback is get a yard. Yeah. multiple times so yeah I, I he was always going to be gone uh fullbacks are are dying in this league i think the only team that actually uses one is san francisco and they paid theirs pretty handsomely um biggest fullback contract ever i'm pretty sure and then you wait wow. you check that was ridiculous he's very important to that offense oh yeah it, and he's more of a tight end than a fullback if we're if we're being honest so it they they, they basically just paid their second tight end yeah. If you if you're being honest, and then lastly Larson to the football team. So so now now there are two uh, direct pipelines of former Panthers in the NFL. So we have Carolina North, and then the District of Carolina um, <laughs> in DC. Yeah. So so that is the free agency wrap up. Um, do you guys have any fits that you see out there for holes? Any guys that you want to mention? Um, we've already mentioned my two. It's, it was Fuller and Adoree Jackson. Those are those are the names that that really intrigued me at corner. Um, I have no clue what I what I want to do at defensive tackle right now. Uh, don't love a lot of the options out there. I I'm still. I mentioned it on our first on our second. Yeah, I was. Our second episode two, I mentioned it. I, and the name that's still out there is Sheldon Rankins. I think that is a good way to put a cherry on top of free agency, bring in Sheldon Rankins, and our defensive line is 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 going to be nasty. It's going to be set. Um, he's still out there. Um, reports are showing that he's got roughly a dozen teams interested in him. So the money might be – a little uncomfortable at first, but we're going to talk a little bit about it later about the whole Deshaun situation. I, I think that we have enough. I think that we have a little bit more money than we probably all anticipated to spend now. 
So Sheldon Rankins is a name that I really, really, really would love to see brought in and signed. Yeah, and and I'm fine with with our 28 million left. I'm fine with front loading something like that, or or front. Uh, and we talked about it, just paying paying Fuller extra this year to 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 be that one year stopgap. And and I agree. I think we're going to have an, about about 10 to 11 million more to spend in free agency than we all anticipated. Um, so let's 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 get it done. Um, I, originally, I was saying with with the trade that I expected to happen, let's backload all the contracts with the the cap going up. But now with with a, a ton of space, let's front load them and, and put ourselves in a really good position next year. Um, pay somebody a little bit extra to come in, give them give them two three years, and and give them ten this year, and drop it down to six eight next year. Yep. All right. Matt, you got any any uh, free agency free agents left out there that, that you'd like to see us interested in? Go for the fuller. I think that's priority number one. I wouldn't mind Sheldon Rankins. Corey looks like Spot Rack's got him at four for forty two, so probably eleven million dollars a deal a year. You're looking at. I think Fine. you if you don't if you don't sign fuller, then you have that option go to rankings. I think you're probably looking at either one or the other, not both in this situation. Uh, outside of that, nobody really stands out. Uh, I mean, there's too many names on corner of the list. So if Jackson, what you mentioned, I think he's at roughly $12 million a year is what he's projected. Stick to that $10 million a year number that we have in mind, offer it to a few different guys and take one of them. Uh, you know, if you get, if you're paying Adore 10 million or paying rankings, 10 million or paying Fuller 10 million, just take one of the three. Hopefully they all have interest. Hopefully that's enough to get it done. But those three names signed up are, are thrown out. I'm fine with any of those guys. I, I, I like, I would like Fuller probably out of the most out of that bunch. Yeah. My question was going to be, if, if you've got 15 million to spend between the two positions, would you rather it be um, spend up at corner and go value at, at tackle or defensive tackle, or would you rather go ahead and ink, ink uh, the, the big tackle, the bigger tackle and, and, try and make body stick at corner. We're, we're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum with that. I do love Fuller, don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to be mad if he signs here, but if it's me, I would rather put the defensive line over the top because it's a formula that's been proven to work where you have a defensive line that, that feasts and gets pressure, and you can kind of have a so-so secondary um, and we do have pieces in the secondary that I don't think that we're going to be like hurting, but you get after the quarterback, you put pressure on him. You can kind of piece it together on the back end and, and be okay. So I would prefer Sheldon Rankins of the three. That's, that's me personally. I, I like a, a nasty defensive line. We've, we've seen in the past what it does for us. So. Yeah. The defensive front, if you have a, a, a physical mean front seven, like Corey's talking about, it buys your secondary or time. So you know, the quarterbacks that are more pressure, doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. So if you, if you're limited in the secondary, it, it's the way to go. I'm just probably lean more towards Fuller just because I want to sure up that side, but either way, I don't, I don't mind either of these. I, I'm happy if it's Rankins or Fuller. Those are two positions that we need to sure up a cornerback probably more uh, in my mind, just because I'm tired of it being a turnstall, but 
uh, like Corey said, Corey, Corey makes a very, very good point about shoring up the defensive line and, and and taking that approach. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of not being able to get pressure with with four guys. I'm tired of always having to yeah, bring. Uh, it's something that we we struggled blitz. to do for years. Right. I'm just I'm just tired of having to always blitz. I'm tired of having to create pressure that way and not getting it from from four guys up front. If you can get pressure with four, you're going to be successful. Yeah, and that's that's four that you're going to get pressure with right there. That's a new. That is arguably the best front four in football. Um, I, the argument could be made. I, I don't. I. It's really that'd be a really good front four. I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, I think the the football team is. Yeah, yeah, you, you got me there. It's a top five front four in football. We'll, we'll go there. We'll go there. Um, but I think. I think that the, the thing that I, 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 at least that I'm, I'm interested in is that with the, the Perryman signing, the Reddick signing, and what I talked about earlier with Phil Snow's versatility, what he's wanting to do and what he does so well with his defensive styles, we now have the supporting cast to do that. You're still in different looks at the quarterback, just like Aaron Rodgers said, um, how he struggled so much against Phil Snow's defense when we played them earlier in the year at Lambeau. Um, if you have Hassan Reddick, Marquise Haynes, both on the field at the same time, and you possibly can, and you got Brian Burns with Derek, Derek Brown coming up the middle, that's a lot of weapons right there. That's a lot of pressure on the quarterback as is, and we haven't even uh, shirt up the other defensive tackle spot. So I will, that's why I'm, I like the defensive moves that we've made this year even more so than any of the offensive moves we've made. We've made it a point in the last year and a half to fix this defense that was so atrocious the year, uh, well, Ron's last year. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see what the defense can do. If you add Fuller to that, that makes things so much more difficult for the quarterback because you have Dante speed opposite of, of Fuller. Uh, you have Chin playing his true position um, in back in the secondary at safety. And the other safety position is something else that we need to do. I know we were linked to Keanu Neal, um, and then the reports came out that we are not um, in active conversations with him at the time. But we're only a piece or two away in a defense from having a really good defense for years to come. And I think that the Perryman move hasn't been announced as far as money goes because either we're going to spend a lot of that money on a signing bonus and we're going to change it how we structure it, I think we're just waiting to see what other pieces or, or other moves we're going to make before we uh, announce the contract details of the Perryman move and uh, the other corner move for Melvin. Yep. And I am, I'm torn. I think it's, I think it's D line. I, I think a lot of people probably would have thought I was going to say fuller after what I talked about, but um, I think it's D line for me. Go ahead and pay up for rankings because there's so much corner depth out there. Um, corner is the deepest free agent position right now. And that's the only reason I'm okay saying that. Uh, but I do think, and we're going to talk about it. We've got a little bit extra money to spend. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. We end up with, we could end up with, with both. I really don't, um, with 28, 28 left, you're down to 25 or so with Perryman's money. You sign, you, you have both of those take maybe eight mil cap hits, some signing bonus, that's 16. Still leaves you nine left. You've got seven going in the draft. You don't have rules. You don't have rules money um, that he wanted to spend for in year signings, but it's possible. You could you could work some cap magic and make it happen. Yeah. So, all right. Um, 
that will do it for free agency this week. Let's hit a little bit on the Deshaun situation. Uh, Corey, you said you had something to say on that, so I'll let you get it started. I got to do my Skip Bayless uh, breath. Um, yeah, Deshaun, um, he's had a week. We'll, we'll leave it at that on that. But when all this stuff came out about the accusations, I am not a fan of cancel culture or anything like that. I am also a firm believer in innocent until proven guilty. Um, I didn't know who this sleazebag lawyer was that apparently was filing these civil lawsuits. And I was still relatively in the Deshaun, trade for Deshaun Watson camp. And again, I'm not saying that Deshaun doesn't deserve to play in the NFL. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of, again, assuming guilt. But now 22 separate women have came out with accusations. And I am a firm believer in where there's smoke, there's fire. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, whether it's, it's, it's not, a, it's, at this point, it's, it, even if he were to, even if none of this is true, right? Even if none of the, even if it is like what his agent and him say that they're just seeking money, you've been accused by 22 different women of being not you know, of, of, of sexual misconduct masseuses and you know people I've heard I've seen you know high-end escorts and stuff like that regardless of what they are it doesn't give you the right to do or say some of the things that Deshaun was saying allegedly um at this point I think it's it's a zero percent chance that Deshaun gets traded for by the Panthers and I can't say I disagree with that David Tepper Scott Fitterer if you make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Again, I'm not saying he's guilty of, of these allegations, but if you make a trade for Deshaun Watson before the draft, it's not about whether he's guilty or not. You're simply saying that you don't care if he's guilty or not. And that's not a good look. Um, it's not a good look for the, the females in our fan base. It's not a good look for uh, a team coming off of what, we went through with the Jerry situation and, you know, Gene Friday and all that. So I think it's, it's not happening. Um, and I can't say I, I disagree with that because you, you can't trade future assets for someone who has this cloud hanging over them now. And I want to make it very clear again, and I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson's guilty, but 22 women coming out, and saying that you 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 said Im improper things, you made improper advances, um, and talking with you know people online, maybe this lawyer is a sleaze bag, and maybe he is just looking for a payday. And you're going to have people saying, "Well, why didn't these women go to the police? Why didn't they do this?" It's it's an NFL football player who's beloved in the city of Houston. Do you think that anybody's going to believe you? or think that you're looking for a payday. So maybe he is a sleazebag lawyer, but 
it's also probably the first person they've have they have had who's 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 taken their side on it and taken their back and is willing to give them a voice. So I'm just I can't I can't in good conscience accept a trade for Deshaun Watson. I, I still again I I having a daughter now, I'm not cool with some of the things I heard come out about him. And I would not wear a jersey of somebody who was accused of those things. So we get off my soapbox, but that's just the way I feel about the situation. And I'm completely out on the Deshaun Watson trade. So. Yeah. So um, I'm really, I'm really dive a little bit into this lawyer and at least my thoughts on it. Um, first off, I, I will never downplay sexual assault allegations. You know, sexual assault, sexual misconduct, anything of that nature. Uh, it's wrong. It's blatant. You should be punished for it. Time in jail. You know, let the legal system do its thing. In this situation, there is so much about what's happening that is just scream smear campaign. First off, this lawyer used to be the neighbor of the McNairs. Okay, so a few years ago, this guy campaigned for Johnny Football to, to get drafted by Houston, be Houston Savior. The guy put up billboards, all this stuff. So obviously, didn't have a problem with uh, Johnny Menzel's character. So the entire world has seen how poor the Texans organization has been ran, how they've handled things, how they've handled this Deshaun situation. So I'm not trying to say, you know, if Deshaun did wrong, by all means we don't make the trade for him. He doesn't deserve to be in Carolina. So on. So, I mean, you get the point. In this situation, this just screams that the McNairs have made this a thing. Deshaun has made the organization look bad. Jack Easterby is a, is a scumbag. That guy should not be in an NFL front office. How they've treated Deshaun, you know, through this entire thing and now just trying to make him look bad when he's kept his mouth shut. He hasn't been in the spotlight. He hasn't been public. He knew this was coming out. He got ahead of it and he's hired one of the most respectful, I mean, reputable uh, lawyers around as far as like a high profile goes. So in my mind, at least this is nothing more than the McNair's trying to make Deshaun look bad, trying to drive down his trade value so they can hold on to him. They're just doing nothing more than pissing the guy off. And so they're tired of the, organ the Texans organization looking bad. And so that's why they're trying to uh, turn this back around on Deshaun. Now, now the heat's off of how the Texans have handled the situation. And it's more on Deshaun and his allegations. And there's 20 and 40 um, masseuses and, and escorts coming forward with these accusations. But like you said, the innocent until proven guilty, the legal situation will, will be resolved. This isn't going to deter any team from trading for him. This isn't going to slow anything down on the trade market, at least not on teams being interested. It may on the Texans side of things. They may try to use this as an excuse. But if you're the Texans and you know you have a player who is under all this scrutiny right now, why would you not come out and make a statement? So so you're you're saying that if you're an NFL GM in today's society, you're comfortable trading what it's going to take to get to Sean with all this unresolved and flooding around. That's my point is that's why I'm 0%. It's not that I don't like Deshaun. It's there's no way that this is going to get cleared up before the draft. 
and it shouldn't it shouldn't be it should not be sped up to to get this done for the draft this investigation that the nfl is is probably looking into should not be sped up so that deshaun can get traded or or played before the draft it should be looked at and these allegations should be given the proper attention um i'm just that's where that's where I, I don't think it that's where it's at zero percent. I'm not saying that Deshaun's not going to play somewhere next year. All I'm saying is this is not going to get resolved anytime soon, and nor should it. it. It should be given the proper investigation. It should be given the, the proper attention, regardless. It's it's I don't I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and character character shame people. I mean, these these are allegations that need to be looked at seriously. That's all I'm saying. I, I I just don't think that the the that a GM like Scott Fitterer, David Tepper, who's a is a billionaire and has assets outside of the Panthers, he he can't he can't put his name on something until it's cleared up. So because again, it's it's telling your I agree with whether whatever franchise it is, it, it's telling it's not telling. It's not saying that you think he's guilty. It's saying that you don't care. You, you don't. You don't care what the situation is. You don't care if he if he is guilty. You don't care. You're you're, you're trading for him, and that's not cool, in my opinion. I yeah. I know. I agree with all that. I think that just there's just so much. This is what the Texans wanted, and from the stories that I've read, everything about the people that are in that front office, this is what they wanted. They wanted this thing to slow down. They, they, this is, this couldn't have played out better for them. And if they had a part in this, in, in trying to not, like I said, if, if by chance these accusations are false and it would not surprise me with the scumbags they have, if they try to funnel money to get people to come out and say these things. And I understand that train of thought, but at the same time, I mean, the Texans look bad in this too, because they're they're starting franchise quarterback is accused of being inappropriate with 22 different women. I mean, I think there's not so, a winner in this. And they, they've, yeah, they've remained quiet. That, so I'll start by saying the timing of it all certainly is fishy. But I'll also say, and I'll also add, Deshaun's going to play football next year somewhere. Ben Roethlisberger's still playing football. So, so Deshaun is going to play football for a team next yeah. year, unless it's just the Texans and he decides to sit out. The only way Deshaun doesn't play next year is if it's if, if it's on by his own volition because the Texans still own him on his contract rights. So that's where I'll start. Um, the, the timing of it all certainly is fishy, uh, but I am not comfortable trading what it would take to get Deshaun until this was resolved. Because if it's true, I don't want him as my quarterback. No. So. There's just I don't see a scenario where he is a Panther. I think it's we draft our guy of the future. Um, if for whatever reason our guy wasn't there, maybe in a year, if everything resolved by then, I could see it happening. Um, but but I think we get our guy, and I think we move forward with that. I was the leader of Deshaun to Carolina train. I have been for a month. <laughs> I. I I've been buying Deshaun rookie cards because I thought that was going to be the next Panther quarterback. I, I've I've been ready for that for 
since since all this started. So um, I'm here to say I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. While I do think that that is a scumbag lawyer, I think he started all this going to Deshaun first, asking for money and saying he'll bury it, um, like hush money. Um, and then when the hush money wasn't accepted, that's when more women came forward. So it's it's all fishy. But again, like Corey said, when there's 22 women, there's there's some sort of there's going to be some sort of, there's probably some sort of misconduct there, to the the level of which I don't know. Right. But um, I think a lot of people in that position of power um, abuse abuse their their power and, and and do things like that, and it's it's more way more common than than us the common person would probably think and that's not okay um so when when it gets brought to light like that i think that's that's how you get the 22 women they see they see money um they see well he was a little bit weird to me in in my massage so let's let's talk about that and it's like it's people say all the time well why didn't you go to the police why didn't you go to the police well again nobody's gonna believe you Nobody's going to believe you. Yep. So you get made to look like a fool and you're, you have your integrity questioned when you were in fact the victim. So I could definitely see why, especially Deshaun and the way he's loved in Houston, I could definitely see why you wouldn't go to the police and why it takes one or two coming out. And then you're like, oh, well, I have people with me now. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not, I hate cancel culture. I think that this can be, you know, even if it is true that he can move past this and he still probably deserves to play and have a career, but it's not going to be with the Panthers until it's resolved and it's not getting resolved anytime soon. So it's, it's just, let's move forward and draft a guy. Yeah. Uh, and we've we've shown, and, and you look at it with Greg and, and and TD, and we talked about it last week. We've shown since since the the Gene Friday situation that we are trying to be an organization that is high in character. Um, Rule rules a high character guy. Mm-hmm. Tepper, I think, is a high character guy. Um, he wants high character guys in in his organization, and he's going to do everything he can to do that. So I just don't. On top of the risk. Um, of legal problems i just don't see it happening on a character thing until the 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 innocence is found so anyone have anything else they want to talk about with Deshaun? um it's it's a tough conversation to have for sure um and just it's it's hard for for women to to come forward so um if, if this is true, like I, I just, I feel for those, feel for those women for sure. And, and I, I hope it's not true. You know, I hope, I hope it's not true because I don't want to see someone's career, you know, ruined, but at the, at the end of the day, whether it's true or not, it needs to be given the proper attention and these women need to be given um, the justice system, let it, letting it play out. It's, it can't, it, it doesn't deserve to be swept under the rug because he's, a top five quarterback in the NFL. And that's, I'll leave it on that, but um, it sucks. It's a sucky situation. It's a shitty situation. And you, you, you hate to see this continue to happen in the league. 
I, 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 it's that, I don't know. I, I, it's one thing after another. And it's like, it's, it's, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly part of life. So. Pressure's on now. Team's got to decide whether they want to ride this out or, you know, we spend the pick on the draft. So we got some decisions to make here before April and time's ticking. And unfortunately it puts a lot of pressure on us. And, and I guess it does on the rest of the teams that are monitoring this situation. We're going to have to make a decision whether we're going to ride it out and spend our first round pick on a quarterback who you hope the Texans want, or you spend it on a left tackle, try to work out a trade, whatever. I don't know. I, I'm probably back on us going for Justin Fields or Trey Lance make that option 1A and now this 1B. Last week it was different. The whole offseason has been different. Um, Justin Fields is probably the guy I want the most in the draft. Uh, then Trey, obviously we've talked about this, um, but we can't wait around. We, we're, we've, we can't wait around and mess this up. We can't make the wrong decision this time. We have to do this rebuild right. We're in a good situation with the, with the quarterbacks in the NFC South retiring and and stepping away we're in a situation to get this right to set ourselves up for years to come um, so if we're out on deshaun it's it's water on the bridge we're it's over it's behind pick our guy in this draft and let's roll um let's let's get somebody we can build with um, I, I i hate that this has come out um, you know but the legal system will will prove the truth on this and um yeah, if it's just Sean's not in Carolina, then then I hope it's Justin Fields. I hope we make the trades. We'll use our draft assets. We, we still have cap space. Um, so we can still put a, a, a great team around a young quarterback if that's the route we have to go. Um, I would just like the offensive line to be shored up a little bit more. But the hindsight is if by some miracle that trades there when we pick and we don't have to trade up, we do have a lot of draft picks to, to try to get that right, try to get – a good protection, a good a good um, offensive line protecting a young quarterback. So we do have the pieces. So there are still some good things to come out of this. Um, I just really, really, really hope that we get it right this time, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the past three years have been tough to watch. Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs, and that's kind of been our way you know, as, a, as a fan the last 10 years, uh, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And for the last 10 years, being a Panthers fan probably – some of the best that we could have asked for, some of the best in franchise history. So uh, I want those good times back. Uh, I want to be celebrating again. Um, and if it's with, with Justin Fields leading the way, then man, I, I couldn't be happier. So yeah, just, you look um, at it. Like you said, Matt, that was a great point. <laughs> if we somehow get Trey Lance at eight, man, that's <laughs> we're sitting pretty with nine picks and more cap space. So I don't, I don't think we risk it. I think if Trey's the guy, they, they go up and get him. I, I think whoever they decide their guy is, they go up, they take him. Um, but all right. Uh, anybody have anything else you want to close with? As always, you know, reach out to us, like us on Twitter, 704 cast, like us on Instagram, um, rate, rate us on any of the platforms. Well, we got a couple of ratings this week. So, um, just, just give us feedback, you know, um, tell us if you like it, tell us if you want us to talk about anything and just, you know, we're always down for a conversation. So just give us a follow, give us a like, and, um, we'll keep, we'll keep showing up every week.
Yep. Hit us with a su- subscribe so that you automatically download the podcast. That helps us out a lot too. Um, I think we're going to continue with our dive into quarterbacks in the coming week or two, uh, taking a look at, at Wilson with the other option that may come in the draft to us. Um, I think you guys know where we stand on that one, but we'll, we'll deep dive into it more. We'll, we'll be objective as objective as we can. Um, Cause you, we, we hint at, at our two guys being um, the other two, but there is a, there is a scenario where he's the guy. And we're, we are not breaking down Matt Jones. Yeah. So. No, no, we're, we're not going to do it. Don't ask us to. No. Not happening. <laughs> well, it's not a possibility. He's not even an option. As far as, as far as you're aware, he's not even in this draft. <laughs> <laughs> and if he, it, if, if he somehow becomes the option, this now becomes a two-man podcast with Corey and Matt because Wesley's done. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 the podcast does fold and folds at that point. This is over with. This becomes the Brian St. Pierre podcast, and uh, best of luck. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening all the way through. Um, we'll see you next week.